Anbu Legacy Suffering Fools Demon Mission Part 4 A Naruto fanfiction written by Kalerki, Nezumiko, DK, and Gunmetal Read by God of Laundry Baskets Summary Sometimes the trickiest part of a mission is the logistics. With all members injured, including the medic, Team 6 has to navigate their way to safety and home. But there's always more bad news. April 28th, Yondaime, Year 5 Miles bled by in a waking dream. The litter-carrying clone's gait wasn't smooth enough to sleep, even if Ryoma dared. His head ached, a low fuzz of tension under the haze of morphine, and he kept hearing Genma's raw voice rasping, brain bleed? The pain became something to hold on to, jostled back with each long running step, sinking away again in the space between strides. Rain splattered against his face, faded to drizzle, and then pounded down with renewed fury. Someone tried, briefly, to hold an oiled cloak over them, and then gave it up. Betcha I can boil the rain to steam, Genma offered. Don't, Rido growled somewhere behind them. Ryoma snickered, coughed, and curled painfully against Genma's bandaged side. There seemed to be waves of heat rolling off the lieutenant, pulsing with his heart. If Ryoma squinted, he thought he could almost see a visible haze of fire chakra burning through veins. It looked like it hurt. His own chakra-charred pathways ached in sympathy. But the heat was beginning to sink into his shiver-knotted muscles, like sunlight on frosted ground. He ducked his chin down very carefully on Genma's shoulder and tried to press a little closer. Genma twitched as if he meant to turn his head, but nothing moved. He took a deeper breath instead. Doing okay, Tosaki? Don't think I can turn the heat up any higher. I'm kind of over the line already. I'm fine, Ryoma tried shifting back against the sloping side of the stretcher, cold air clawed between them. Just taking my chance to cuddle up to the hottest lieutenant in the corps. Sorry, you can turn it down. Don't be an idiot, Genma said, but there was no bite to his voice. Stay close. You need the heat, and so do I. That sounded reasonable, and Rido hadn't yet intervened with any reminders about boundaries. Ryoma might bite him if he did, he thought darkly. He let himself ooze down into the center of the stretcher again, against warmth and solid muscle and the painful bite of a shuriken pouch against his hip. Genma made an encouraging noise. Ryoma eased his head down, loose brown hair tickling his nose, and dared for just a moment to shut his eyes. He woke when the Bunshin halted. There was a shout, running feet, and Ryoma came up on one elbow with a kunai in his hand. Down, rookie, 
Genma's hoarse, amused voice said beneath him. We're safe. Ryoma blinked fog out of his eyes and looked. The evening's rain had given way to misty night, moon hidden by clouds. A few strung-up streetlights casting a flickering yellow glow. Boxy paper lanterns were beginning to draw closer, with tight clusters of villagers bobbing behind them. A woman called out a name, her voice raw with grief and hope, and broke down, sobbing in the silence. A slim, dark body slid in front of him, eclipsing the lights. Lie down, Kakashi's voice said. Don't move too much. Don't touch your face. Shadowed fingers twisted through seals. A fine mist of chakra left his hands and settled over Ryoma's face. Ryoma sneezed. Kakashi made an impatient sound, pulled the kunai out of his hand, and pushed him down. Then he pulled a dark-eyed tanuki mask off his belt and leaned over to fit it carefully over Genma's face. Tell Ram if you can't breathe through that. Thanks, Genma said quietly, muffled beneath the mask. Beyond the rigid shoulders of the boonching carrying the litter, Raido raised his voice. We need a doctor. Do you have one in the village? Voices muttered anxiously. The clone carrying the upper left pole of Ryoma's litter shifted her weight and blew out her breath beneath her mask. But the crowd was moving, parting, to create a narrow path around a graying, heavyset woman in a garish raincoat. I run the clinic, she said warily. She wrapped her arms around her middle and stared down at the two litters. It's not... We're not a hospital, and I'm no medic nin. We don't work miracles. I'm not asking for them, Rido said calmly. We've got a medic nin. He's just dealing with a little temporary paralysis right now. If you can get everyone stable and keep him that way long enough for him to shake it off, we can do the rest. The doctor's mouth tightened, but she nodded. I'll need my assistant she said. If someone could fetch Daisuke. I'm here, a young man called from the far side of the ring of villagers. He forced his way through and came by the litters, casting a curious, anxious look down as he passed. Where are the others? he demanded. I'll explain after we get the injured out of the rain, Rido said with an edge to his voice and anyone who can get a message to Mizudera. There was a radio installation in Mizudera, Ryoma remembered fuzzily. It had been fortified as a frontline command center during the war. The transmitter might not be strong enough to reach Konoha, but it could relay a message on. We've just contaminated half a mountainside and collapsed the rest. Send a cleanup crew. People began to move. A few thrust themselves out of the crowd to talk to Rido. Others cleared the way for the clones and their stretchers to follow the doctor and her assistant out of the square, with Katsuko and Kakashi hovering dangerously behind. They turned down a side street, 
lighted only by paper lanterns hung up outside doors. The doctor chatted to one of Katsuko's clones about her limited facilities, her handful of experience with shinobi injuries. She didn't seem to be able to tell which was the real woman, and so just talked nervously to the nearest. We mostly just have broken arms here, uh, minor illnesses, a few difficult births. I try to get the high-risk ones to the hospital in Mizudera before they're due. Ryoma's head hurt. He closed his eyes again and waited for the jostling to end. He missed the moment of transition between street and clinic. Lights flared suddenly, blindingly bright. A stretcher thumped down onto a tiled floor, and cold hands peeled Genma away from his side. Here, lay him down, the doctor said, raising her voice above the powerful thrum of a nearby generator. Ryoma slitted his eyes against the piercing light and saw Katsuko's clones easing Genma onto the first clean bed in a dormitory-style row, while the doctor shed her raincoat and washed her hands at a sink against the wall. The assistant crouched over the civilian stretcher to palpitate their distended stomachs. There's something in them! It's a parasite, Genma rasped. Keep them warm and hydrated. I'll do what I can as soon as I can move. He jerked his chin at one of the clones. Tell the captain we need a Huga medic here, if we can get one. The clone saluted, fist to shoulder, and ducked out. The others busied themselves, transferring the civilians to two of the remaining empty beds. There was a fourth, but Ryoma waved off the clone who tried to help him to it. Not hurt, he croaked. Well, not badly. The shallow, hastily bandaged gash on his thigh wasn't much in comparison to Katsuko's collarbone or Genma's belly wound, or both of their savage soldiers. He scrubbed a hand across his face and tried to think. Need to get clean, he decided. Genma made an aggrieved sound. Get clean and then get in the damn bed, Ram. You have a shower? Kakashi asked the doctor. She lifted her chin, indicating a closed door at the back of the clinic. Kakashi nodded. The medic nin there has a belly wound that needs looking at, and his shoulders aren't in great shape. The woman in the rat mask, that one, has a broken collarbone that probably needs setting better, and ditto on the shoulders. He crouched to haul Ryoma up, hissing in disgust as his fingers found slime in the grooves of the shoulder straps where rain hadn't washed it away. They lurched an unsteady four-step into the tiny bathroom, where a shower, stocked with harsh soap and floral hair products, took up most of the space not occupied by a toilet and a standing sink. Kakashi leaned Ryoma up against the wall, vanished, and returned a second later with a metal folding chair, which he set up inside the shower. He turned back. Need help stripping? No matter how exhausted, Ryoma couldn't let a line like that go. Why, Kakashi, he murmured, fumbling for the buckles on his right shoulder. 
I didn't know all it'd take was burying myself in rotting demon guts to get you to ask. I'd have done it earlier. The buckle popped loose. He took a moment to catch his breath. Or maybe found an easier way. Do you do anything the easy way? Kakashi demanded. He shoved Ryuma's hand off the left shoulder strap and released the catch himself, then stooped to the buckles at the left side. His right arm was mostly working again, though the fingers were clumsy. He still had all three buckles open before Ryoma managed the lowest one on the right. After that, Ryoma simply let himself be handled, stripped out of armor and underpinnings as ruthlessly and efficiently as Kakashi stripped weapons to clean them. Kakashi bundled Ryoma into the shower and onto the chair, turned the water on steaming hot, and scrubbed his hair with the floral shampoo and the rest of him with a lye-based soap that burned in his cuts. He was pink and prunish when Kakashi retreated at last for a final scrub of his own hands. Clean and flower-scented, they reeled out of the shower and into towels. Ryoma leaned shivering against the wall, one fuzzy towel girdled around his hips and another draping his shoulders, while Kakashi squeezed water out of his hair and pulled dry clothes out of a scroll and performed, possibly, the fastest change ever witnessed by man. Well, he was the Yondaime Hokage's prodigy. He also managed to change his mask without ever revealing his face. A slight turn of the head, a lifted shoulder, a convenient fall of wet silver hair. Ryoma watched in a pleasantly detached daze. You know, he said as Kakashi wrestled his new shirt down. I made a bad offer back in the trials. Shouldn't have asked for the Raikikiri in exchange for the Nikudai Hakai. Probably couldn't master it anyway. He had to stop for breath. Had the shower been that hot? This tiny room was dense with fog. Kakashi, a hazy ghost in black and gray. Not without a lightning affinity in your own charring gun. Kakashi sealed his wet armor and underpinnings into the recently emptied scroll, vanished all Ryoma's ruined gear except his laden utility belt into a second empty scroll, and tucked both scrolls away. He put his ambu mask back on and slung Ryoma's belt over his shoulder. The painted red face leered at Ryoma out of the fog. Ryoma blinked hard. Kakashi was there suddenly, gripping his arm below the ambu tattoo. Did you have something in mind? Thumb maybe your face, Ryoma said, which had made more sense in his head. He tried to explain. Nobody I've talked to has ever seen it, except probably the Hokage. And whatever lovers you've had, I guess. Wouldn't put it past you to wear a masked bed. Water dripped and puddled on the tile floor. Ryoma shivered in the growing cool and huddled into his towel. Kakashi said at last, We should get you back to the others before you fall over. That was beginning to sound like a better plan, though curling up on the floor here wouldn't be a bad idea either. 
Ryoma yawned into his towel. Think about it, he said, and let Kakashi reapply his misty henge mask and tug him back into the clinic. Genma had his ruined armor and blacks off, but he'd kept the tanuki mask on. The young assistant was swabbing his torso clean with a white cloth while the doctor sterilized instruments over a spirit lamp. The wound on his belly gaped, angry and open, from his left side to nearly his navel. Without his armor, he'd have been eviscerated. The clones had gone. Only one Katsuko sat on a metal folding chair, masked head tipped back against the wall, the useless arm still bound tightly to her chest. Her head came down as they entered. Showered already? she asked with exhausted archness. Never heard of ladies first, boys. They teach that at the academy? Ryoma asked muzzily. We both graduated early. He found the edge of the single, empty bed, dropped onto it, and then grappled at Kakashi's arm with a sudden stabbing fear. If my brain bleeds... Without medical chakra, there was nothing they could do. Don't wake me up, he said, and let himself fall. Don't worry, Genma said, still slightly slurred. Got blood pills in you. You'll be all right. I'll fix you up in just a little bit. Ryoma's eyes were already closed, chest rising and falling in the steady rhythm of sleep. If he heard the lieutenant, he gave no sign. Get some rest first, Tanuki, Katsuko said. Exhaustion clawed at the inside of her skull, dragging down her bones like quicksand. None of us are going anywhere. Genma made a little hissing noise when the assistant swabbed at his cut belly. Yeah, you rest too, rat. Katsuko remembered she had only one working arm when she tried to tap her fingers against her tattoo in a salute. The pained grunt that escaped her was involuntary, but quiet enough not to alert Genma, which was the best she could hope for at this point. Across the room, two wet towels landed on the floor with an inelegant plop. Katsuko blinked, forcing the blurry edges of her vision away. Kakashi had found a spare set of clothes from somewhere. Generic cloth, pants, and shirt. One size fits all. Ryoma didn't even twitch as Kakashi dressed him with the professional efficiency of a hospital nurse wrestling Ryoma's long limbs away from the edge of the mattress and pulling the blanket up over his shoulders. With one last glance at Genma, Katsuko hauled herself upright and shambled over to the bed. After giving Kakashi a nod, she leaned in to press two fingers to the pulse on Ryoma's throat, finding quiet reassurance in the steady rhythm of his heart. She pulled away after a second and scrubbed her good hand through her hair, yawning. Then she turned to Kakashi. You know what, hot pants? She said. You're all right. 
He glanced at her. You're not. You should eat something. You could get me something to eat, Katsuka suggested. I could, Kakashi said, almost agreeably. Katsuka eyed him. But... Do I look like a vending machine? She considered this. Which answer will get me food? He reached over, tugged an uneaten rat bar out of her belt without looking, and handed it to her. It's not the same, Katsuko said at last, mournful. Life is hard, Kakashi told her, and tucked Ryoma's blanket in a little more firmly. Then he straightened, slim and sharp-shouldered, in his dark clothes, and visibly drew his thoughts together. It was fascinating to watch the wheels turning in his spiky gray head, but entertainment morphed into alarm when his one gray eye turned its razor-sharp focus to her. You're shaking and you stink. We should get you into the shower. The extreme willpower it took not to slide straight into an innuendo nearly gave Katsuko a seizure. We should, she said, quite amiably. Kakashi raised his voice. Tanuki, you okay for a minute? Yeah, Genma said, voice strained. He twitched his shoulder as the doctor poked at his wound with something sharp and surgical looking. Don't faint in the shower, either of you. And someone needs to make sure Moon is okay. Next on my list. Kakashi said, and then offered Katsuko his arm. But you first. Katsuko took it. What a gentleman, she said dryly, but leaned on him as they shuffled their way out the door. A metal chair stood inside the bathroom shower. Katsuko slid off her mask and stared blankly as Kakashi switched the water on. He turned to her as steam filled the tile room. After a moment, it clicked. Katsuko sighed, the itching need to get clean, trumping any modesty she might have had left. Fine, but I'm taking my own pants off. So long as you don't fall over doing it, Kakashi said, and started to unstrap the bandage, holding her sling into place. She grunted and undid the catches on the right side of her armor, wincing when the spray hit her abraded shoulder. So, she said, struggling to slide off her chest plate. How was your up-close-and-personal time with the bug, Mom? Sounded like you got to at least third base. She was kind of a bitey kisser, he said, without missing a beat. She almost did get the lieutenant in a family way, though. That's the problem with bug queens, Katsuko tilted her head back and sighed when the chest plate hit the floor. It felt like a ten-ton anchor had been lifted from her shoulders, leaving her free to drift up towards the ceiling. Their only settings are kill and impregnate. And die, Kakashi said, voice rich with satisfaction. 
He eased Katsuko's sling off carefully, dropping it to the floor to land in a crumpled heap on top of her chest plate. Speaking of which, I know what I did, and what Ram did, and I have a fair idea of what the captain did, which just leaves the eyes. Was that you? Hmm? Katsuko blinked, confused. After a moment, she propped her good elbow up on his shoulder and nodded. Yeah, I was the distraction. Fire worked pretty well on her squishy bits, until she tossed me off of her head. And then you forgot how to land. He braced her arm while he helped peel her black undershirt off, fumbling a bit with his right hand. Dazed as she was, Katsuko still felt him pause while she yanked the undershirt collar over her chin. Water droplets hit the bare skin of her stomach. She abruptly remembered why she didn't take her shirt off during one-night stands. She could feel the weight of Kakashi's gaze on the surgical scars stripping her torso, the intricate tattooed whirls of the seal underneath her navel. Well, it was a long way down. Her undershirt joined the pile of dirty clothes, leaving her in her sports bra and pants. She was still using Kakashi as an elbow rest. He'd feel it if she tensed. Instead, she smirked and leaned her full weight against him, casually canting her weight on one foot like he was a convenient fence post. I did tell you about the enemy medic, Nin, right? Don't be surprised. The seal's the Hokage's work. His mask tilted as he looked at her face. As she'd hoped, he didn't push. I can tell. After a second, he asked, Are you going to take off your pants, or do you need me to? Katsuko leered, happy to take the bait. Only if you take yours off first. I've done mine once already, Kakashi said. You missed it. When had he... Right, Ryoma. Doesn't count, she shot back. Ram was out for the count and therefore can't provide me a description. It's my duty to give him an accurate report. For team cohesion. No, Kakashi said. Take your pants off. Katsuko considered this. Why? Kakashi's tone implied he had opinions about her intelligence that weren't flattering. Because you have demon slime everywhere. That's true, Katsuko conceded. But if I move, I think I'm going to fall over. Let's just stay like this for a bit. In another lifetime, Kakashi might have been tempted. In this lifetime, Katsuko smelled like demon blood. Genmo was having his hide piece back together by semi-qualified locals. Ryoma was unconscious and unprotected, and he still had no idea what happened to Raido. So, no. Brace against my shoulder he instructed, and knelt down to strip Katsuko's mud-encrusted belt off, followed by her equally disgusting boots, shin guards, and, finally, pants. 
He had to cajole her into stepping out of the pants, but she managed not to actually collapse. When he had her down to her sports bra, bright orange, underwear, lime green, skin, pale, and scars, many, he pushed her gently back into the shower spray. She toppled down onto the chair with an offended grunt and a tight, pained wince. That'd be the broken collarbone. And, well, everything else. A leaf litter of bruises and cuts traced an afternoon's work over Katsuko's tired body, some already bandaged, others not. Most of the unattended ones would be too small to bother with once they'd been properly cleaned. The collarbone was ugly, though. Three hours' journey back to the village had given it time to swell and blacken, flowering a dark bruise over her right shoulder. The demon bite on her opposite shoulder had seen one healing from Genma, but it wasn't much prettier. And then there were the scars Kakashi was careful to avoid. He found the soap and shampoo and resigned himself to getting wet again in pursuit of Katsuko, reaching a basic standard of livable hygiene. She wasn't quite as mannequin-like as Ryoma had been. She squirmed, complained about soap in her eye, hissed when he stung her cuts or jarred anything painful, and then finally lapsed into tired silence and leaned against him, soaking his shirt. He washed her wild hair twice, scrubbed her filthy hands in every mud-encrusted cut, and caught her when she started to slide out of the chair. She pushed herself back upright and wagged her eyebrows at him. You've missed a spot. You're a little old for me to wash your mouth out, Kakashi said. That won him a rough chuckle, but not much else. Katsuko tipped her head against the chair back, slouching down. Her eyes slid closed. How much chakra had she channeled today? Her energy still burned beneath her skin, more than he'd ever have on his very best day, but it was dimmer than it had been. And it didn't matter how much chakra you had left, the effort of using a lot still cost a person. That was one reason soldier pills were so carefully rationed. Don't fall asleep on me. Kakashi told her, tossing the last suds out of her hair and switching the water off. We still need to get you dressed and find a bed for you. There's a chair right here, she said, in a way suggesting she thought she was being reasonable and intelligent. I'll be fine. Kakashi considered his options. One, argue. Two, manhandle. He went to find a towel and clean clothes. When he came back, Katsuko was asleep. She twitched when he toweled her hair dry, but didn't do more than murmur at him. He dried the rest of her as best he could, then paused. If he put her straight into clean clothes, her bra and underwear would soak them. If he forced her awake to change them, she'd probably bite him. If he changed them... There was a limit to his nursing duties. 
In the end, he shook his poisoned hand until the fingers worked well enough for a simple jutsu and yanked the water out of the cloth. Then he sealed her things into another scroll, except for her belt and belt pouches, which were important, bundled her into the borrowed clothes, another rough set of laundered village top and bottoms, and lifted her off the chair. She kicked, then clutched his shirt hard enough to half-throttle him. "'It's me,' he said. One green-brown eye cracked open and peered at him. "'Ugh,' Katsuko said, then tucked her face down against his chest and, as far as he could tell, passed out. Well, that worked, too. He carried her back to the other room, where the doctor and her assistant had finished stitching and binding Genma's belly wound— and had moved on to his shoulders. Genma's masked head twitched as he spotted Kakashi, and then his eyes widened at Katsuko. Is she... asleep? Kakashi said quickly. I think she's just tired. Genma nodded once, fractional but there. Maybe he was starting to get some voluntary movement at last. You holding up? he rasped. I'm holding her up, Kakashi said, and found himself with a complete lack of spare beds to put Katsuko down on. Genma took one, the silent civilians took two, and Ryoma was flat unconscious in the last one. Though, Ryoma and Katsuko had been plenty comfy together in their shared tent blanket thing, and he was unlikely to kick her now. Mutual warmth wouldn't hurt them either. It took a little wrangling to kick one corner of the blanket back and lower Katsuko carefully down, laying her out next to Ryoma on the narrow bed. Despite being shorter and fine-boned, she was still a fully-grown shinobi and had all the muscle that implied. Kakashi's arms ached, though that was possibly because he'd also used them to climb a mountain and fight a monster earlier. He straightened her out on her back, folding her right arm across her chest, where it wouldn't jar that collarbone. Then, as an afterthought, wedged a pillow between her and Ryoma, just in case Ryoma decided to roll over and smother her. That done, he laid a careful henge mask over her face, hiding pale, slightly pinched features behind a smooth replica of her lost rat mask, and drew the blankets back up again. Ryoma didn't stir. Gatsuko grabbed at the edge of the blanket with her good hand and pulled it higher, tucking her face down. They each had about three inches between them and the edges of the bed, but if they didn't move much, they'd be okay. When Kakashi straightened, the room did a very gentle waltz around the corners of his vision, but settled when he blinked hard. Ryoma, done. Katsuko, almost done. Genma, in progress. The doctor stiffened when Kakashi moved over to her, but her hand stayed steady on Genma's stinger-punctured shoulder. How are your teammates? she asked. One strained. The other still needs her collarbone fixed, Kakashi said, and her shoulder looked at. 
when he got home, he was having words with the quartermaster. Almost every single member of Team 6 had shoulder injuries. How's Tanuki doing? he asked. This one? said the doctor. He'll be a lot better once I get whatever's in this puncture out of him. Demon venom, Kakashi almost said, but it was probably better she didn't actually know. She wasn't likely to have an anti-venom anyway. The lieutenant could tell her if he wanted. Genma made an irritated sound. There's something in there? Take a knife and dig it out. Patience, the doctor said, fishing about with what looked like a set of steel forceps. They scraped against something Kakashi sincerely hoped wasn't blood, and a thin trickle of pinkish fluid oozed out of the hole. Diluted blood. The doctor scowled and dug deeper. The painted Anbu mask hid any expression, but there were tendons jumping in Genma's bare arms, and its flushed skin seemed more sweat-sheened than it had been. Kakashi frowned. Have you given him something for pain? He's not feeling much through this paralysis, the doctor said, distracted. He's already had one dose from your captain, he said. Three hours ago, Kakashi said sharply. The assistant swallowed. We don't carry much of the heavy-duty stuff. I could measure out. I've got it, Kakashi said, digging in his med kit. Full dose, lieutenant, or half dose? Genma drew a slow breath. Five cc's, but I'll probably need another ten when I get more feeling back. Dose rat in yourself, too. Not ram? Unless he wakes up in pain, he's better without it, Genma said. Have you eaten? Not since. When had they last eaten? Breakfast, Kakashi said, feeling slightly foolish, but none of the rest of the team had done any better except for Katsuko, who'd grazed on snacks the entire way to the mountain. It's next on my list. He found a preloaded morphine surette and sank it into Genma's thigh, then crossed to Katsuko and did the same thing for her with a stronger dose. She swatted absently at him, but settled again when he left her alone. Ryoma still didn't move, breathing deep and even, which was good. He needed the sleep. Kakashi swallowed a handful of aspirin, dug a ration bar out of his belt, and went back to Genma. Orders, Lieutenant? Or can I go check on the captain? Aha! The doctor said before Genma could answer, and drew a finger-length piece of stinger tip out of his shoulder. She dropped it into a metal dish where it clattered and oozed three beads of clear venom. She peered at it. The hell is that? The reason I can't move, Genma said tersely, which was much better than Kakashi's thought about really big bees. Show me... No, wait. Hound, go find the captain and make him eat something, too. Tell him I need to talk to him about... about what we're doing next. Sir, 
Kakashi said, and made a point to touch his shoulder before he left. It could only help if the doctor took Genma as seriously as possible. Halfway out the door, Kakashi paused. In front of him, a sea of silent villagers shifted back, leaving a widening circle of cautious space around him. Several of them had tear-streaked faces. None of them said a word. Slowly, Kakashi shut the door behind him. He reached for his chakra to summon an insubstantial clone, not much of a guardian, but better than nothing, then paused. They'd have left clones in the village at the start of this mission, and he'd never gotten the memory drop that followed banishment. If things had been quiet here, maybe the chakra had lasted this long. He rippled his chakra. Two seconds later, his own mirror image and Genma's doppelganger dropped out of the air, making the front of the villagers a jolt back. The clones, which looked a lot cleaner and more sprightly than any original member of Team Six, took up stations either side of the door. Kakashi wove his way into the crowd. It was a little like being a shark in the shoal of minnows. The villagers drew away from him, even though he was half-armored and dripping from Katsuko's shower. Well, maybe that helped. Raito's spark was a nearby glimmer, surrounded by civilian signatures in one of the village's few stone buildings. Kakashi headed towards it. A low-slung wooden sign announced Town Hall, but the building seemed to be a mix of storage house, radio hub, and records office. Kakashi slipped through the door, bypassed a knot of people who tried to question him, and followed the banked sun glow of Raido's chakra upstairs into a small room stuffed with radio equipment. That should do it, Raido finished saying to a radio controller just as Kakashi stepped inside. He turned. Hound, everything okay? Kakashi tossed him a second rat bar, which Raido caught with automatic grace. Tanuki says to eat that, and he wants to talk to you. Every time Kakashi left, he came back looking worse. I'll be right there, Raido said, tucking the rat bar into his belt. He dropped a hand on the radio controller's shoulder. Thanks for your help, Amaya-san. She smiled at him and touched two fingers to her temple. My pleasure, Ambu-san. I'll keep an eye on the frequencies in case you get anything back. Probably not for the few hours it'd take to relay and decode that message, but then, hopefully, help would come. Thank you, he said again, and tipped his head at the mare. The two villagers we brought back are probably desperate to see their families, and vice versa. With only one doctor and one assistant in the clinic, it wouldn't hurt to get a few extra pair of hands about either. I'll identify them, the mayor, Kudo Nobuyaki, said. Raido nodded at Kakashi. Lead on. Outside, the press of desperate civilians was claustrophobic and eerily silent until they saw the mayor. Then the questions started. 
Kudo-san, did they find my son? My daughter was only taken a week ago. Did they bring her back? Was it bandits? What kind of bandits could injure shinobi like that? Was it enemy ninja? The last was a woman who almost screamed it, and Raido almost couldn't blame her. The war was five years over, but this village was right on the border. They would have seen fighting. They'd probably been raided for supplies. Please, Kudo shouted, raising his hands. Please be calm. My wife! A man rushed forward and tried to grab Kakashi. Tell me what happened to my wife! Blue-white sparks crackled over Kakashi's skin. The man yelped and fell back, which did not help the mood of the crowd. Raido grabbed Kakashi's shoulder warningly, squeezing a hand. It wasn't enemy ninja, he said loudly. It was an animal threat, which has been dealt with. Bullshit, snapped a woman. What kind of animals could do that to ninja? Kakashi muttered something under his breath that sounded a lot like really big bees. Raido gave him a tiny shake. The captain will explain when he's had a chance to tend his people, Kudo said. There are two of our own in there. They are... The captain has told me... His voice cracked, then strengthened. They are the only two who could be saved. As soon as I know their names, I will come back to inform you. Hope or despair cracked more than one civilian face, crumpled in the flickering lantern light. Family members clutched each other tightly, and the man who grabbed Kakashi broke down into hoarse, wordless sobs. A young boy crouched down next to him, eyes dry, and put a hand on his arm. The girl they'd brought back wasn't old enough to be anyone's wife or mother. I'm sorry, Rida wanted to say, but he'd be saying it for days, and he still had his own people to worry about. He put a hand between Kakashi's frozen shoulder blades and pushed him forward through a crowd that fell back and parted. At the door of the clinic, two clones stepped aside, Kakashi and Genma's, left over from the mission start. Raido and Ryoma each had one somewhere in the village, and Katsuko had ten more, orbiting like satellites. They'd all vanish by the next morning, but for now, they were a useful reassurance. The clinic was in better shape than he'd expected, given Genma's urgent-sounding message. Katsuko and Ryoma were both clean, judging by the wet hair, and bundled together in one narrow bed, piled high with blankets. The civilians had a bed apiece and were being checked by the medic's assistant, who looked up in faint alarm at the mayor. Genma also had his own bed and a lot more naked skin than anyone else. He'd been stripped to the waist, though his ambu mask was still in place. Thick bandages wrapped around his stomach, strapped over a broad pad of gauze that hopefully covered sutures. His left, Stinger lacerated shoulder was also freshly bandaged, 
The medic was halfway through piecing together the ragged flaps of bitten skin on his right shoulder in what looked like the world's least fun jigsaw puzzle. At Rido's back, Kudo swallowed hard. Mare-san, the medic said without looking up. The Ambu have brought back Fujiyama-san, an Ahimese girl. Isa, said Kodo. You should tell her family, said the medic, but prepare them for bad news. Both are infected with some kind of... She hesitated, then settled on. Creature. Oh, God, said Kudo, in the voice of a man reaching his personal limit. Genma managed to lift his head part way, which, hey, progress, before the medic pushed him back down. I have medic jutsu. I'll do what I can for them as soon as I'm able. The mayor bowed. Thank you, Ambusan, he managed and left. Genma's mask turned slightly towards Raido. Any word on getting a Hyuga out here? I sent for one. Probably won't hear anything for a while, Raido said. Check the civilians, Genma said. Any changes? Maybe I can burn this out faster. Starting to get some feeling back. Raido crossed to Genma's bed and leaned over it. Quietly, he said, if you raise your temperature one more degree, Tanuki-san, I will drop you down the village well. You're improving. Don't push it. Genma's chin lifted slightly. Acknowledged, he said after a moment. Then, actually, I probably need some water. Also, did you eat? You and Hound, how are you doing? For a man, as laid back as Genma, he had an amazing ability to fuss on his back while being sutured. No change in the civilians, Kakashi said from behind Raido. Hound and I are both fine, Raido said. They were both upright, anyway, which would do for now. He pulled his canteen out and tipped the tanuki mask up enough to trickle water carefully into Genma's mouth, then took a long swallow himself and tossed the canteen to Kakashi, who caught it. Working on food, he told Genma. Think you could eat? Genma's throat clicked as he gave an experimental swallow. I don't know. Don't want to risk choking, and I'm feeling a little queasy. Maybe broth. For a brief, tired moment, Rido's mind went blank. He didn't have broth. Where could they get... right? He went to the door, opened it, and picked out the first civilian face that wasn't weeping or clustered around the harassed mare. Hey, excuse me, ma'am. The woman turned, eyebrows flicking up. And Busan? Any chance you cook? The woman gave a highly wary nod. I don't suppose you have enough soup for, say, seven people? Or the ability to get it? He fumbled into a belt pouch. 
I could pay you. The woman went from puzzled to offended in the edge of a second, which was probably a personal best. Her back snapped straight, and she said sharply, I don't require payment from Konoha. I'll be back shortly. She grabbed a teenage boy, presumably her son, by the ear, and towed him out of the crowd. Thank you, Rido said, and ducked back into the room before anyone pigeonholed him with questions. He went back to Genma. Broth theoretically achieved. Need anything else? Conference with you and Hound. Genma's eyes flicked to the medic, then over Rido's shoulder to the assistant. Maybe one of you could work on Moon and Hound's injuries? I think they just need cleaning and fresh bandages. He eyed Rido skeptically. And dry clothes. The medic hesitated, then said, Moon? Shark was taken, Rido said wearily. Finish working on him first before you do anything else. Tanuki, quit reorganizing your own care. You were prioritized for a reason. But no, Rido said, skating the edge of his own patience. He left Genma's bedside to do his own check on the civilians, who were cool to the touch and seemed to be asleep. The medic's assistant, Rido wished he could remember the boy's name, made a helpless gesture with both hands. I don't think there's anything else I can do for them, he said. They need a surgeon. Across the room, Genma made a quietly aggrieved sound of likely self-directed frustration. We're working on that too, Rido said, and tipped his head towards Kakashi. Can you take a look at him? Uh, said the assistant, with the expression of someone who'd seen Kakashi be his typical charming self. I'm fine, Kakashi said. The door opened before Raido could think of something appropriate to threaten Kakashi with, and the mayor came back in, leading a middle-aged couple with joined, white-knuckled hands. He says parents, Raido guessed. They were slow to approach, hesitant, but they went to Hisa. The woman smoothed back strands of filthy hair from her daughter's forehead, and the father turned to the assistant, pressing him with questions. There was no one for Fujiyama. I have to attend the other families, Kudo told Raido quietly. Are you... are you sure there was no one else? Raido glanced at Kakashi, who looked away. No one else we could save, Raido said. I'm sorry. Kudo's mouth tightened, but he only said... When you're done taking care of your own, I would like to hear the full story. Rido nodded. I can do that. Thank you, Kudo said and slipped out. Across the room, the medic finished winding the last strip of bandage around Genma and declared, Done. Who's next? Genma watched the village doctor... Namura-sensei, 
and her assistant, as they inspected Katsuko's broken collarbone, set it into place and strapped her arm to her chest. With basic medical care, at least, Namura-sensei seemed comfortable. Until Katsuko could get that broken bone chakra healed, the setting and binding was as good a job as Ganma could have done himself. They cleaned and rebandaged the bite on her shoulder that he'd partially healed for her after their first encounter with the demons. The wounds had opened up again where they'd been deepest, a testament to how hard she pushed herself and how much punishment she'd taken in those later battles. When Ketsuko was taken care of, they turned to Raido, whose own bandages were stained red. He waved them off in favor of Ryoma. My team first, he told the doctor, and shot Genma a look before Genma could even open his mouth to argue. If you're in decent shape, you could give me a head start by taking a shower and cleaning yourself up a little, Namura said. She pointed towards a sliding door across the room. Your man in the dog mask knows the way. Kakashi, who had seated himself on the floor next to Ryoma in Katsuko's bed, mirrored the doctor's gesture, pointing out the same door. Thanks, said Raido dryly. He crossed the room, then turned back. Shout if you need me. Kakashi touched his shoulder in a lazy salute that might have been insubordination, but, judging by the way his chakra signature was wavering, was probably genuine fatigue. "'You keeping all right there?' Namura asked Kakashi. He turned his masked face up to her and nodded once. "'All right. You're going to work on your other friend here a minute.' "'He's got a head injury,' Genma said. Make sure he's rousable. I've seen a few bumps on the head in my life, Ambusan, she said, waving a hand at him. Save your energy for yourself. He generates energy by nagging, Kakashi murmured, just loud enough for Genma's fever-sharpened ears to pick up. Namura chuckled. Proves he's a medic she said, turning her attention to Ryoma. I need to see his eyes, she told Kakashi. I know you'd prefer to keep your faces hidden, but this is important. Heavy-jointed fingers reached for Ryoma's mask. Kakashi's gloved arm shot out, his hand wrapped around her wrist, drawing a startled yelp from the woman. His pupils were even three hours ago. No change in the shower, he told her. She glanced at Genma, appealing for him to override, perhaps? He stays masked, Genma said. I trust Hound's assessment. Namura's lips thinned, but she nodded. As you wish. Her fingers combed through Ryoma's damp hair pausing when she presumably found the knot where he'd struck his head. The skin's not broken, she said, and I don't feel any fractures. She looked at Kakashi. When you had his mask off, were his eyes black and blue, and did he bleed from the ears or nose at all when he got hit? Well, I didn't see him get hit, Kakashi said, but no, his eyes aren't bruised, and he wasn't bleeding. 
He didn't seem confused. He shrugged his shoulders stiffly, probably feeling a thousand aches and bruises now that he'd finally stopped moving. If his skull's fractured, he's dealing with it better than any ninja in history. What can I call him? Namura asked. Ramzan, Kakashi told her. Genma was surprised he hadn't said buttercup. She nodded and gently shook Ryama's shoulder. Ramzan, open your eyes. Wake up for me for a minute, please. Worryingly, Ryoma didn't respond at all. Katsuko did, muttering a low string of unintelligible but probably obscene suggestions about what the medic and everyone else could do with themselves, and pulling the blanket over her head. Namura unfolded the blanket from Ryoma altogether and rubbed her knuckles against his sternum. Shinobi-san, Ron-san, can you hear me? He didn't even twitch. Ryama was a heavy sleeper, and he was recovering from a near-toxic dose of soldier pills and a catastrophically low chakra level. But even knowing that, Genma's heart felt icy in his too-hot chest. There were worse things than skull fractures for a man with a head injury, especially a ninja whose clotting ability was impaired by soldier pills. Hound! He started, but Kakashi had already moved, reaching up to plant splayed-fingered palm on Rama's shoulder. Ozone-edged lightning chakra jumped from Kakashi to Rama in a pulse Genma could feel from across the room. Rama's whole body shuddered, and his hand shot out, grabbing Kakashi's wrists, the same way Kakashi had grabbed Nomura's only moments earlier. I will kill the next person who touches me, he growled. Medic wants you, Kakashi said calmly. Tension dropped away from Ryama's shoulders, and he released Kakashi's wrist. Okay, he said. I won't kill you. His head twitched back against the pillow as he looked up at the medic. What? I thought I told you to let me die. I tried, Kakashi said. They got fussy about it. Answer my questions and you can go right back to sleep, Nomura said. Do you know where you are? Hayayame Medical Clinic, Isagawa Province, getting tortured by my teammate, Ryama said. He pulled the edge of his pillow up, rubbing the corner against his face. His illusory mass started to wisp away at the touch, like ice turning to fog. Kakashi hissed and flicked Ryama's wrist. I told you not to touch your face, he said, as he recast the water henge mask. Nomura waited for her patient to settle. How many fingers am I holding up? she asked, raising two on one hand and holding it steady. Two, Ryoma said, sounding bitterly vexed. They're foggy. It's chakra exhaustion. Let me sleep. Nomura turned to look at Genma. Satisfactory? He seems rousable, alert, and oriented to me. Let him sleep, 
Genma agreed. Sorry, Ram. Needed to be sure. Should fix his leg before he does, Kakashi said. Right thigh. Ignore him if he squeaks. A disgruntled groan came from under the blankets covering Katsuko. Nomura just looked at Ryoma for a moment. I'll have to remove his pants. Daisuke, come over here and help me get his pants off. I'd rather not cut him up if I don't have to. Ryoma made a low, angry noise in his chest and lifted his hips and shoved his pants down, revealing everything he had to offer and a long, clean-looking wound on his right thigh. Do it quick, he said. Katsuko uncurled herself carefully from the blankets, craning her neck to get a good eyeful. Daisuke, Nomura said. Her assistant materialized and handed her a hand towel, which she draped artlessly over Ryama's genitals. Katsuko sighed and ducked back under the covers. This could use stitching, Nomura said, inspecting the cut. Stary strip it, Genma told her. I'll heal it when I can move again. I'm definitely starting to feel things. A lot of things, mostly burning pain in his belly and shoulders, and a steadily building ache in his chakra coils. Deep muscles shivered and twitched as they started to come back to life, but he still couldn't lift his arms or move his legs. Nomura nodded. She cleaned the wound with antiseptic, then carefully taped the edges together. She was still bent over Ryoma's bare legs and barely covered crotch when Raido came back from the shower. I left for five minutes, Raido said. Ram saw his chance and took it, Kakashi said, without a hint of irony. He had one elbow on the bed frame and his chin propped in his hand, watching the proceedings with tired interest. Finished, Nomura said. You can cover yourself, Ramzan, and go back to sleep. Do you need help getting your pants back on? No one's ever offered to help me get less naked before, Ryoma slurred. He reached for his pants and pulled them back up, ignoring the hand towel. There's a first time for everything, Nomura told him. She tucked the blankets back over Ryoma, then turned to look at Raido. You wanted to go last, I believe, so that means you're next, Hound Son. Do you need stitching or just some sleep? No sleep, Kakashi said. A blatant lie, if Genma ever heard one, or a gross overestimation of Kakashi's chakra reserves. Your kid can do some bandaging if he's brave enough, though. You should look at the captain before his burns get grosser. He turned his masked face towards Rido. You know I'm right. Nagging the captain's my job, Genma said. Why does it have to be anyone's job? Rido asked the room at large. He pulled his shirt off over his head, a clean-looking Ambu uniform top. Did he have an unlimited supply of spares? And sat on the edge of Genma's bed. Genma put everything he had into trying to sit up, 
and managed to arch his back and inchworm his way up slightly. Nemura made a disapproving noise, tucked an extra pillow under Genma, and peered at Raido's back. The massive cuts Genma had healed before were still mostly closed, but a few had reopened, and there was a lot of purple bruising just under Raido's scarred skin. Fresh cuts crossed over the slightly older ones, and acid burn splattered his forearms and shoulders. I'd ask what did this, but I doubt I'll get an honest answer from you, Nomura said. Are these chemical burns? I'll have to get some salve for that. I saved some from the war years. Stay here. She crossed the room and started opening cupboards, presumably looking for her burn ointment, while Daisuke cleaned and bandaged the cuts and bites Kakashi had accumulated from fighting the demons, and smeared bruise balm over Kakashi's black-blotched ribs. "'How are your eyes, Taicho?' Genma asked. Raido reached up as if to touch his face, got the edge of his henge mask, which wisped away like Ryama's had, and dropped his hand. "'Still working. How's your... everything?' I'm really starting to feel like crap, which I take as a good sign, Genma said. Seeing as how I couldn't feel much of anything for a while, I can shrug my shoulders now. He did so to demonstrate and winced when it pulled his sutured belly. Might have to drop this fever soon, though. Don't want to give myself kidney failure. Rido's shoulders twitched. Don't worry, I didn't yet, Genma said. Nomura came back over with a small glass pot of green ointment before Raido could say anything. I take it your face is burned too, Ambusan, she said. I'll apply this to your shoulders and arms and leave you to manage your face yourself, unless you'll allow me to evaluate it. Not unless pieces start falling off. Rido told her pleasantly. He spread his arms wide. Feel free to baste everything else, though. She nodded and began applying the salve liberally to Rido's burns. It smelled grassy and astringent, but not unpleasant. What's in that? Genma asked. I couldn't tell you, Namura said. Sorry, I got it from one of your colleagues during the war, though. We had a lot of people with splatter burns from exploding flasks. She said this was good for any kind of burn, but especially chemical ones. Haven't had to use it much since the war ended. You got it from a Konoha ninja? Genma asked. Want to kept it if it came from any of those other bastards, now would I? Nomura said sharply. She finished dressing Rido's burns and moved on to the welter of cuts across his shoulders. These aren't as bad as I feared, she said. Daisuke, gauze. Yes, ma'am, he said. Can you take a look at this? She put the pot of burn salve in Rido's hands and stood up. Let me guess. Someone dragged you over a mile of sandpaper. 
she said, studying Kakashi's scraped raw shoulders. All right, you bandage the captain, Daisuke. I'll deal with this. How are you not in tears, Hound-san? Uh, Kakashi said, at a loss for the first time since Genma met him. I'm not an infant. Or your mask is hiding it, she said. I'm afraid there's not much I can do except clean these up and bandage them. When Kakashi was bandaged and dressed again, he looked worlds better, but his chakra was wavering glow. Raida was in better shape chakra-wise, at least, though just as swathed in bandages. Ryoma and Katsuko were both sleeping peacefully. The civilians were sleeping, too, sedated for now. The girl's parents huddled next to her bed, the mother holding her daughter's limped hand. Genma wondered if Fujiyama's family's spirits were still hovering nearby. Or maybe that was the fever making his thoughts bend towards the fantastical. You think you can ask them for a minute to ourselves? Genma asked Rido quietly. I appreciate all they've been through, but I think you, Hound, and I need to talk freely for a minute. Rido looked over at the family for a long minute, then back at Genma. They just got their daughter back, he said softly. For now, you need rest. When you can move again, we can plan further. In that case, Genma said, see if you can get Hound to lie down before he falls down, and shoot me up with ten of morphine. Hound might not cry like an infant anymore, but I'm going to be pretty soon if we don't do something. Feelings coming back faster than the paralysis is wearing off. I can do that, Rhino agreed. If he had any opinions about it, he kept them to himself while he injected Genma. I gave him the full ten cc's, he told Nemura, holding up the empty syrette when he was finished. He patted Genma's shoulder carefully around the bandages and got to his feet. The drug hit dizzlingly hard. Genma shut his eyes against the whirlpool of nausea and waited for it to even out. The poison-consuming fever was making it worse. He tried to concentrate on reducing his chakra burn, but it slipped out of his conscious control and spun away from him, winding down like a child's top. Once lost, he couldn't get it back. His heart rate slowed. His temperature started to drop. Shivers set in, for no reason other than the sudden change in temperature. Across the room, Kakashi said something low to Raido, but Genma couldn't make it out. He tried to open his eyes, but dizziness yawned like an open mine shaft. At least the pain was blunting, wrapped in layers of fog like everything else. Genma tried one last time to really move, got nowhere with the attempt, and surrendered to sleep. Things settled down after that. Katsuko and Ryoma stayed asleep, curling together by unconscious but apparently mutual agreement. 
his chakra signature bare embers next to her half-smothered blaze. At least Ryoma was warm now, and Katsuko seemed comfortable. Kakashi was strangely reluctant to leave their bedside. The medic, Namura, Raido finally learned, had an extra cot brought out from storage, but Kakashi point-blank refused to get on it. I'm comfortable here, he said, cross-legged and stubborn on the bare wooden floor. Raido had never had to order someone into bed before. After a brief bizarre personal debate, he decided not to start now. If Kakashi was really that fierce about guarding his teammates, Raido didn't actually want to discourage him. Though why Kakashi was picking Katsuko and Ryoma instead of the man he'd sweated blood for trying to haul out of a mountain, Raido did not understand geniuses. It did leave a free bed for him, which he was happy to drag next to Genma's and sit on, since someone needed to watch their errant medic. Genma was less peaceful than the other two, alternatively sweating and shivering, muscles jumping in sporadic clusters. Rido frowned and called the doctor back, bullying her and her assistant into setting up a dusty but usable IV line, working to replace some of the fluids Genma had lost through his fever. After that, Genma looked a little better. Should have thought of that earlier. Raido was tired, too. Namura had no excuse, unless lack of practice counted, but she did go on to set up an IV for each injured civilian. The soup arrived some indeterminate amount of time later, when Raido had lapsed into an eyes-open doze. He jerked upright at the knock, almost cracking his head against the wall. Across the room, Kakashi's katana drew two inches out of the scabbard. Katsuko, noisy even in sleep, muttered something about green weasels. Amara regarded them all with wryly lifted eyebrows and answered the door. The warm smell of cooked meat and vegetables rolled into the room. Raido scrambled up to help and found himself on the receiving end of a soup tureen and seven bowls. Kakashi was pressed into reluctant service and made to help carry a teapot of brewed green tea and a jug of fresh barley water. Thank you for your service, Anbusan, said the woman Raido had offered to pay. She bowed, tendrils of hair slipping from a neat bun. At her elbow, her teenage son also bowed and offered a plate of warm buns with red bean paste. Oh, uh, said Raido, whose brain had switched off. Smoothly, Kakashi reached past him and took the plate, managing to fake being an actual human being long enough to murmur, Thank you, before vanishing again. Yes, I... what he said. Raido managed before regaining traction. I mean, this is more than I... The woman's mouth curved. You're quite welcome, Anbu-san. Please return the dishes when you're done. She swept away with her son, 
back into the cluster of people who were still there, keeping silent vigil in the lantern-lit misty alley. The crowd had thinned a little. The weeping man and his young boy were gone. But the mayor was seated on a set of narrow stone steps, talking quietly with a bearded man whose eyes were red-rimmed. Most weren't crying. They were just standing, or sitting, waiting for... Rido didn't even know. It couldn't be hope. Quietly, he closed the door and turned to find Kakashi had forced Katsuko awake, upright, and was apparently insulting her into drinking a mug of tea. Still not taking your pants off, Katsuko was grumbling, which was the point Raido decided to stop listening. He doled out three bowls of soup, one each for her Kakashi and one for himself, and settled down with his own mug of tea. The food was delicious, and he was ravenous, he discovered. Two bowls went down without even touching the sides of his stomach, and three bean buns, which Kakashi tossed over without looking. Raido tuned back in enough to hear Kakashi was now holding the remaining bean buns for ransom until Katsuko ate her soup first, which seemed to be working, judging by the betrayed slump of her shoulders. In another universe, one where Kakashi's hands weren't shaking faintly, and Katsuko wasn't the color of old snow, Raido would have said they were almost having fun, or at least enjoying annoying each other. When Katsuko had also finished two bowls, Kakashi rewarded her with three bean buns and turned his sights on Ryoma. Figured, Kid was a glutton for punishment, though it would help Ryoma recover his chakra faster if he ate something. Raido watched with fascinated interest as Kakashi came around to Ryoma's side of the bed, surveyed his target, and then went with a moderately friendly approach instead of shaking Ryoma's shoulder. When that, unsurprisingly, accomplished nothing, Kakashi moved his hand to the base of Ryoma's neck and didn't electrocute him. Instead, a slow band of ice crackled over Ryoma's skin and crept down his shirt. Two silent seconds passed, then Ryoma jolted awake with a convulsive spasm and made a decent attempt to punch Kakashi in the mask. Kakashi caught his fist. Food's here. Dinner and a show, Katsuko agreed cheerfully through a mouthful of bean bun. Ryoma's masthead turned with the slow, lethal rage of a predator sighting something small and crunchy and offensive, and then he punched Kakashi with the other hand. This one, Kakashi didn't catch. It caught him in the side of the head and knocked him down to one knee. I will rot everything you love, Ryoma promised, sounding so bone-weary He'd gone through the other side and landed in wrath. Hey, Rido said sharply. Do not goddamn punch each other after we just finished fixing you up. 
Ryoma's head snapped up like he'd planned to make a fight of it, but then paused when a bean bun whacked him gently on the ear. Katsuko tossed a second one up and down in her good hand. Play nice, boys, she said wearily. Kakashi shook his head once and got off the floor, pausing halfway up with one hand on the bed, as if he wasn't quite sure of his balance. Raido gave him a narrow look, but the hesitation vanished when Kakashi found his feet, collected another bowl of soup, and set it on Ryoma's bedside table, hauled Ryoma upright by the shoulders, and put the soup bowl pointedly on Ryoma's lap. Food, Kakashi said, like he was talking to a four-year-old. For eating. I hope you roll under the bed and die, Ryoma told him bitterly. Shut up and eat, Kakashi said. The magical moment was interrupted by Genma stirring, presumably because all of the noise. Raido moved to him, settling him back down. Then, when Genma was reluctant to sleep immediately again, getting food into him, since the soup had been for him anyway. With their dual effort, Genma managed half a bowl without choking, and a mug of green tea. Nausea threatened when he tried more. No bean bun for you, then, Rido said, gently teasing. My dads are better anyway, Genma mumbled, eyes slipping closed behind his restored Anbu mask. Kids okay? They're managing, Rido said, which was somewhere in the neighborhood of truth. When he glanced over his shoulder, Katsuko was slumped against Ryama's shoulder, picking apart her final bean bun and shaping it into a deformed little creature. Ryama's face mask had faded up just enough to bear his mask, and he and Kakashi seemed to be glaring at each other, while Ryama fumbled a spoon and Kakashi studied him. Raido turned back to Genma. They're almost using teamwork. Wow, Genma managed, fading out. Soon they'll be ready to get their hitayate and be real Ganon. I'm not holding my breath, Raido muttered. Genma was already gone, chest rising and falling in a slow rhythm. Raido folded the sheets back over him, checked the IV, and left him to sleep. Namura came up to his elbow. Is this normal? She asked, quiet. For them, they're usually a little more violent, Rido said, and noisy. Oh, she said. You get used to it, Rido said. Namura glanced sideways at him. When? Hell if I know. <gasps> Rido said jaw cracking on a yawn. He glanced around when someone knocked at the door. Now what? It was Amaya, the radio operative, breathless and clutching a sheet of paper. Anbu-san, you have a response! Raido blinked and closed the door behind him. Already? She handed it across. 
It repeated twice. I made sure to copy it word for word and sent the acknowledgement you gave me. Rido flipped the sheet over, scanned the short collection of coded phrases, and felt his heart drop to his boots. This can't be right. I copied it exactly, Amaya said. Is something wrong? In its entirely, the message said, Code broken link. No agents available. Handle situation as best you can. A broken link, if Rida remembered this month's codes correctly, was a political attack on fire country soil. Most likely, an act of war. There was no help coming. He burned the message in his hand, flame dripping between his fingers, and scattered the ash in the wind. I need the mayor, he said. He still owed the village an explanation, and the surrounding villages. They'd all lost people. But two civilians needed surgery, his team needed real medical care, and Konoha... Gods even knew what Konoha needed right now, but Rido needed to get home. Kudo came at the run. Ambu-san, he said breathless. There's a problem, Rido said. The evac team can't make it. I need to transport my people home as fast as possible, and I want to take your two people with me to real medic Nin. But your medic Nin, he's a field medic, not the same thing. He can help when he's well enough, but I don't know the clock on that. If we get your people to Konoha's hospital, their chances are better. Probably not good, especially not Hisa, whose parasite was already growing. And who knew if Fujiyama would even want to wake up, with his wife slain and his children murdered. But Raido had to try. I need whatever you have. Horses, an ox cart. What about a riverboat? Rido paused. You have a riverboat? No, but the blue field traders do, and they'll be passing by tomorrow morning. We could barter your passage aboard, Kudo said. They'll follow the river all the way down to Sanmatsu Pass. That was barely hours from Konoha. I could hug you, Rido said. That's perfect. Gives your people a little time to sleep, too, Kudo said with a tired smile. And yourself, though, and Busan. I know, Rido said. An explanation. Just wait here a moment. Of course, Kudo said, with patience Rido didn't understand. If he'd have been in Kudo's shoes, he'd be clawing the walls, demanding answers. He slipped back into the room and paused. Hisa's father, whose name Rido still didn't know, had his daughter sitting upright and cradled in his arms. Her head lolled back against his shoulder, and her eyes were barely open. He was, slowly, carefully, spooning soup into her mouth in tiny amounts and stroking her throat until she managed to swallow. On the other bed... Namura and Hisa's mother had Fujiyama braced between them and were attempting the same task, 
talking softly as they did. A clatter made Rido twitch. The assistant had found a folded screen and was attempting to set it up between the civilians and the rest of the room, presumably to give them a break from Team Six's particular brand of healing antics, which actually seemed quieter now. Genma was still asleep, resting peaceful, but it was the kids that really caught Raido's attention. Katsuko was fast asleep, slumped down against Ryoma's chest in a sea of scattered crumbs, with her good hand curled against Ryoma's ribcage. Ryoma was still sitting upright, but his head had fallen back against the wall, black spikes sticking up against whitewashed plaster like splayed raven feathers. An empty soup bowl was half-tipped over in his lap, spoon sliding towards the ground. At their bedside, once again seated on the wooden floor, Kakashi was finally asleep. His sword was balanced across his lap, and his tanta was laid down at his side, which made him look a little like an old samurai woodcut. But his head was resting against the mattress, and Ryama's hand was tangled into his wild gray hair, either to anchor him there or to prevent him from doing any more wake-up tricks. Rido couldn't tell. Some distant, less worried part of Rido desperately, desperately wanted a camera. But only Genma and Kakashi had gone down into the mountain's dark and come back with civilian blood on their blades. There were eight others, but they were too far gone, Kakashi's clone had said. We couldn't save them. Raido knew what that meant, and why Kakashi couldn't meet his eyes. Why Genma was so desperately concerned about his teammates' health. They had the full story, and the village deserved to hear a piece of it. But Raido didn't want to wake either of them. Moving quietly, he went back outside to Kudo and the villagers, who fixed him with exhausted desperate eyes. Okay, Rido said quietly. Here's what I can tell you. 